My friend, good morning. Morning. How are you doing today? It's a day. It's Friday. It is Friday. Tomorrow is Saturday. And we got our first Ashes to Ruby show in Canada. And it's been a year and a half. Has it been a year and a half? Uh, well, longer than that, I guess. Like, longer than that. Because February, a year in, uh, our last show was February 2020. Mm, wow. And so if you're new to uh, the Ashes to Ruby's channel... We do monthly shows where, oh, we do like more than monthly shows. We do monthly shows at different locations. But we do monthly shows where we um, give hope a platform. And we do that through storytelling, through hip-hop, through music, through uh, spoken word, all of those uh, different avenues of art. And uh, we just share with each other the hope that we have in our own recoveries. So, yeah, if you're in the Canada area... Come and join us tomorrow. Yeah. You know what I was thinking? What were you thinking? Earlier, that had me chuckling about vehicles. Vehicles. And I don't know if anybody can relate to this, but when you're growing up, you don't have the, well, most of us didn't have the money to go buy a brand new car. And so what did we buy? We bought $500 Pieces of crap that we had to learn how to use duct tape and clamps and and all of that kind of stuff. And we could work on our cars ourselves. I was never good at working on our cars, my car. What's the coolest car that you ever got to drive? I like that wasn't a big thing for me when I I was a kid. You had a Toyota Tercel. I think that. What was your white car? What did your the blue, the blue car. Your dad had some doozies. Your dad was probably the most helpful in my caring experience as a younger person. I was like, you asked the coolest car. I was like, my family did not have cool cars. Oh man, Toyota Tercels are so cool. I, I was so stunned by that question. Of and like, they last forever. Uh, 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 you guys had some great cars. Um, your dad. Because you were describing when you were young and I was like, that was literally my whole life. Like we always had old cars and they were... Awesome. I had a Chevette, the silver bullet, yeah. as it was known. But your dad, as an airplane mechanic, yeah, he, he was fantastic he on cars. cars. He taught me about this thick molasses type liquid that you could put anywhere except the windshield fluid. And it would like restore your car back to like whatever brand new condition. It was, I think it was called Bartol or something like that. For what? Uh, for your oil, for oh. your steering, for your brakes. Like, it goes in everything. It was incredible. Uh-huh. It was incredible. And I, I was reminded of this because we have a neighbor, and uh, she's a younger person, like, on the other side of high school. Um, but she has a very leaky car, and she's always putting fluid in it. She's actually on the other side of college. Oh, whatever. But, yes. But, yeah, she said I was laughing. I wasn't laughing it's at a car. I was just... Two of my brothers drive like brand new cars. They're like, yeah, no, I'm just getting a new car and that make a payment. I just want payments and I want to take it into the garage and I want. Have I want, you ever made car payments? Never. Once, once, once. Remember, we took it. It was a line of credit though. It was a loan. Mm, like, not, I don't know. Not actual car payments. That like, yeah, that didn't count. We're just gonna say that didn't count. It was a different day. And then my other brother, he can fix his car like no matter what's wrong. Like, That's amazing. He's always fixing his car, and I'm always amazed. I think there's some of us that buy cars and we should be able to fix them ourselves because I've had mechanics going like, oh, I don't even want to like look at your car. 
Like, we have stop it. Stop bringing me your vehicle. I don't yeah, want your money. Like, I don't want to see that one anymore. <laughs> I don't, I don't even your, want I don't money. need your money. <laughs> when he has to torch off every bolt. <laughs> All right. All right. Good morning, Megan. Good morning. Good morning, Megan. What's the coolest car that you've ever had that... Like, car payments are ridiculous. Imagine having... And I think it's normal. I think there's the person that gets that $250 car payment. And it's like the Hyundai or some some model. But then, like, your average car payment would probably be around five to $700. In between four and $800. Megan just said that it took them seven years to pay off a new car. She's never doing that again. Because at the end of seven years... No, at the... Five years, you need a lot of maintenance on a car. Like it, yes. all the all And you're the still paying for a car that now you fix. And you're like, <laughs> We, John, I mean, I'm grateful because I have got you. So I don't have to think about it. So sometimes I drive away in the car and I call you, you and I'm like, hey, you were driving the car yesterday. Did you notice this weird noise? A rattle. And you're like, no. I'm like, okay, then it's not dangerous. Turn up the radio station. <laughs> Yeah, like I, I was just like thinking that the other day, like how dangerous. many times have you put gas in a vehicle in the last fifteen years? I've done it lots lately. You've done it a few times. Yeah, I have. Uh, no, yeah. congratulations, Thank it's you. great. Thank you, but not usually. No, and I, like I don't get the oil change. I don't check anything. I don't want. You're to like talk the tire pressure's down. I'm like, well, why? You shouldn't let that happen. Didn't your dad? Wasn't your dad very focused on you being able to check everything in a car? For a period of time, Those yeah. days are gone. Yeah. For a little period <laughs> of time. I mean, let's... So, I have... I've... I try... I did... I knew how to change a tire. I knew how to change a tire. I, but I never actually had to do it until, like, one day where I actually had to do it. But then I couldn't get the bolt off. Like, I could not, for the life of me, get that stupid bolt off. And then I a man that. came and was, like, helping me. And he had a hard time getting it off, too. So, I didn't feel bad. The coolest thing that happened to me in a car dilemma was i was going around carling and kirkwood like that's a busy intersection and i went around the corner under the highway bridge and all of a sudden i couldn't what was it i couldn't steer my steer no the steering fluid or it was yeah the power steering or whatever yeah i think it was the power steering and right behind me there was a mechanic and he got out under my car and put put a clamp on it and i could i could steer (laughs) i had to put fluid in it it was amazing um, God sends angels that take the form of grease monkeys. It's it's amazing. We just decided that we decided over ten years ago that we didn't want to have debt. Yeah, I've never spent. I've never. So had that comments. was we part of not wanting to have debt has meant that we have to drive older vehicles, and so that's something that we're willing to do because we don't want to have debt and. That meant that, so that was like 12 years ago. So that meant that. I don't know if it's cheaper. Two years ago. It is still cheaper. I check once in a while. Two years ago, when my job ended, I didn't have to get a job right away. Because we don't have debt. Okay, so this program, (laughs) if we want to call it a program, this is not about cars, it's not about debt. But all of those things are in the life of recovery. Mm -hmm. I've, I, in 2005, I had a bunch of stuff. And then I lost it all because <laughs> of my addiction took us down so far and deep and, and in a hole that is insurrectable. No, what's that Yeah, word? you can't climb back out. You can't climb back out. And I remember going to court and I'm in a treatment center at a homeless shelter and I'm going to court. I'm on welfare and I owe, I owe not people, but I owe institutions about $75,000. 
and and I had to go through a bankruptcy where I actually had to say, I'm a crackhead. <laughs> that's why I have this debt, and I just want to get some, in front of a yeah, judge. Yeah, in front of a judge. That was a hard day. That was a there was a lot of heavy heart beating because I was so anxious to actually say this is why I have this debt. It's horrible debt. I have. Were you? I, I'm at a treatment center right now because you were embarrassed or like ashamed. Yeah, I had never really voiced that out. Right. Outside of like, I'm at a homeless shelter going through a rehab center and I still have a house and one or two cars you in my name. <laughs> I didn't tell anybody that. That's how, like, you didn't sh- actually own a house. The bank owned the house yeah. and I made the payments. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you so and much. And because we had just bought it, the bank didn't take it. That's it. it, it there's so, so many there things no that God was looking at, but I had to go through that, that guilt mm. and shame mm. of actually admitting in front of people, a, a, a judge of why I've accorded this horrible debt. And it's such a pit. Early recovery. When I see some of the early recovery people, I'm just like, oh, you're stressful. Like, how do you get sober with that kind of stress? But the key isn't about sobriety. That we, we listened to a guy today and he goes, that's the difference from the AA of old. It wasn't about getting sober. It wasn't about trying to stay sober because that's what we're powerless over. What was it about? It was about getting spiritually connected to God for him to solve all of your problems. And and that's the miracle of recovery is God starts to do what you can't do for yourself. So mm-hmm. people that are in divorce and children going home, don't like all the horrible stuff that's mm-hmm. such a deep pit, only God can insurrect it. That's that the right word? Insurrect? R- resurrect? Resurrect. That guy, same guy said... Uh, I was a human being trying to figure out how to have a spiritual experience. And then I realized that I was a spiritual being trying, trying to, be to live a human experience. Uh, uh, trying to, yeah, something like that. I was, I was still trying to get my head around good. that. But we are spiritual beings trying to be human. <laughs> I think all of that, I would just look at that. That was 10 minutes. And I would just say, let that, like, th- let that be an encouragement. Like, you can... You can actually connect with a power greater than yourself that can dig you out of a hole that feels bigger than than you could ever get mm-hmm. out of, and that was our experience. And the prophet Drake said it best: "I'm coming from the bottom to the top." Ew, please don't ever call Drake a prophet. <laughs> hey, Ew. all right, let's let's do our reading because it's okay. super applicable. I kind right. of read into okay, it a little quick. bit. The new member of our group, the new member of our fellowship, so the newcomer coming in is understandably upset, distraught, and perhaps even desperate. Perhaps with a side of desperation. Desperation. Just as ours did in the beginning. Seeing their trials seem too great for any human being to endure. She is not, or he, is not yet aware that they may be making it worse by complaining, weeping, and trying to outwit their problems. (laughs) All of these things we, we learn not to do after we've been in the program for some time and connected to a power greater than ourselves. Their heretical, their, re, what's that say? Recital? Their, yeah, her, the recital. The recital may even be distorted by hysteria, a dash of hysteria. <laughs> this is natural as well. All this should warn us not to make sweeping judgments on anyone else's problems or suggest making any decisions for them. We must help them become able to make them. We 
we must help them become able to make them for herself, for themselves, their decisions. The decisions. Here's today's reminder. No matter how unbearable a person's situation appears, I know I am not capable of judging it since I can't possibly know all of the factors involved. Nor can I measure another's emotional pain by my own experience and feelings. But I can offer comfort and hope and the healing therapy of a 12-step program that leads people into a relationship with mm-hmm. God. Um, our eighth tradition says the 12th step, so passing on the message to others, should remain forever non-professional. So we are not bankers. We are not therapists. We are not uh, judges and, and policemen. And so our job as people in recovery is to lead people into a relationship with God. That's our sole reason why we got up today. We get to be... Salt and light. Like the attendant in the parking lot at the emergency room yeah. saying, the help is in there. The help is in there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We can point you to the help. I've met people where they're, the problems, like, yeah, I don't even know how to go about solving them. But then there's people that I've met that I could solve all their problems in five minutes. But the whole point is to lead them into a relationship with God for him to solve all of their problems inside because mm-hmm. none of our problems are actually on the outside. And, um, you know, our, 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 our goal is not sobriety. Mm-hmm. Our goal is to have a spiritual experience with God. And so I just pray for everybody out there today with problems that are insurmountable, that uh, you find uh, a power in yourself, we call him God, um, that will solve all of your problems. Yeah, and take away all of your fears. God's perfect love will cast out all fears. Mm-hmm. So we have a great weekend. We will see you on Saturday. Um, and, and hopefully we'll have some uh, new content coming out from our shows that we're going to be starting up again. Thank you, everybody. Stay blessed. Keep the peace. Be of good behavior. And we'll see you tomorrow.